Well, for many children, home, school and friendships have been impacted by COVID. What's the best way parents and caregivers can help children overcome these impacts? Education consultant and parenting coach Joseph Dreesen has some suggestions. Kia ora, Joseph. Welcome back. Kia ora, Catherine. Great to be here. It was encouraging Lovely. to hear in the news that the number of children attending school, the percentage of children attending school is beginning to rise again, thank goodness, because that's been one major yeah. disruption. Yeah. What do you want to cover? Yeah, totally. Well, I've got four things. Um, like, in my talking with teachers and, and education people, uh, they say there's ongoing issues, and, and, and I thought I'll, I'll put them into four headings. The first is that some families feel that they've been weakened by this whole COVID epidemic, and they feel that they're still not going quite the way they want to. The second thing is that some children have lost engagement with the schools. They might be going to, but they're less engaged, and some are significantly behind, and some parents are worried about that. And then there's a, quite a lot of talk about that some children seem to have developed significant mental health issues like anxiety, which seem to have got worse. And then some children, um, some families are worried. I think we've just lost Joseph for a moment. We'll just see if we can get that connection going again. Yeah, we need to reset. Oh, no, there you are. You're back. You're back. Sorry. Some families, you were saying. Carry on. Uh, Some families feel that their children have uh, feel distance from their friends uh, because of the long time they've had on social media and they seem to be disconnected. So I think all those four issues um, can be solved by parents doing a checklist of fundamentals and actually doubling up on those fundamentals. And so I thought there's a checklist how to create a happy family. There's a checklist how to support your child at school and make them feel good about it, engaged and hardworking. There is a checklist how to help your child with creating a mental health attitudes and, and habits. And there's a checklist of how to guide your child of building good friendships. Now, most families would say, well, we do pretty well, but there will be some families who are listening with interest and saying, well, how can we do better? So shall we start with the first one, please, creating happy families? Please. Well, the fundamentals of creating a happy family and most people would do this really well. But what I'm proposing to you is that the uh, that parents are the key. They are the captains of the ship. They run the family. And so they need to do the fundamentals well, which is you balance the care you have for your child with expectations of how you want them to be, which is an ongoing growth process. And you do that. You do lots of nurturing and engagement with them, listening to them, as well as providing guidance and articulating your expectations positively. That is fundamental. We love you, but yet we want you to be the best you can be. You have some consistent rules and limits which you will enforce. So if you say there's not going to be, uh, we're not going to uh, have um, uh, phones in the bedroom, you stick to that. If you say, I want you to be home for tea, you stick to that. So the child feels secure that mum and dad are sort of in charge. Then the next thing is that you realize that 
Growing a child is an active set of coaching. You coach and mentor your child and you try to correct them in a moderate manner, but you spend your time teaching them how to behave and how to help and how to be good with their siblings. Now, all this is we've talked about. It's fundamental, but maybe some parents just need to like a pilot, and a, a pilot every so often gets a check pilot who checks, are you doing everything correct? And if you think, well, maybe not, well, this podcast is on Radio New Zealand and my notes are there, and you can think, well, maybe we can improve on some. Then the most important part also is that you create episodes, you only have a little bit amount of time, of quality one-to-one time, me and my child, and, uh, and you strengthen that trust and attachment you have. And if you feel that your child needs it, mother them more, father them more, just give them more. It's like watering a plant. So that's my proposal of fundamentals of good parenting. And we've talked about it a lot, Catherine. But I'm just asking the parents, do you think you could improve here? Are you too preoccupied with your own problems? and, and the ch- Or has the child disengaged from you and you just need to spend more time to rebuild that bond? Have you let some limits slip and you should reconstruct them and talk with the family and have a family charter? You know, are you are you getting a bit too grumpy or, or too soft? Is it, so that's what I propose, that should, the parents just have a good look at that. So that's number one. Number two is... Helping a child to be well at school, well, the fundamentals are so well researched, but some families, I think, need to rethink them. And so what it is, you want to make the child realize that you value school, that school is important. School is sort of your job. It has to be fun, but it is an important part of your life. And so you should visit the school and primary school and get to know the teacher and make the child feel that the teacher and I get on, you know, we're, we're a team of two. That is, we're on the same page. We love your learning and we think it's great what you're doing. The same at secondary school, you should get to know some key form teachers or final teachers or, uh, and the, the, the child needs to feel, well, mum and dad actually like the school and they come and visit them and they get on with my staff. Then I think you should regularly ask your child, name one good thing about school today. And this hour, there's nothing. You say, well, you know, I would like to know maybe one thing. And actually, when you're specific, children will answer. And say what was good and not so good, and then be a good counselor and do a bit of listening. Don't go berserk and ring the school. Just, just help the child to navigate their feelings. And then if you feel your child is not doing so well, and, and, and then the, the equation is very simple. Achievement at school is ability times diligence times time. It's a very simple equation. So if your child is very bright, they don't need to work that hard and they don't need to spend that much time because they can race through. If your child is just average, they need to spend time and they need to spend effort and they need to be working. And if your child is behind, then you need to think, okay, we'll get a textbook or a mentor or a tutor or something. They need to work extra hours longer and harder to catch up. If you say, well, we don't want to be bothered with that, we just want to, you know, school should go all by itself, you'll pay the consequences for that. So I think it's really simple. You know, 
And so what I propose to you is that you need to think about that and think about, well, maybe my child just needs to work a little bit harder. And I would do what most great parents do is sit at the dining room table and support your primary school child with their worksheets and their little bit of homework. And even just go through what they've done during the day. That is it's just psychological support. For your teenager, in at high school, it's critical that you have set times when they do a little bit of homework, and maybe three lots of 20 minutes, easy, that you keep the door open and you visit them and say, how's it getting on? And do you want a hand? Shall I ask you, you know, shall I give you a, a, a little check through with your work? How are you getting on? It is that support and the expectation. And you want to show in your child to your children in with indeed that you expect them to do a Good job at school. Doesn't matter how well, how capable you are. It's just, it's just doing, doing the best you can. That, that support, and also making progress, catching up, and making, making the child feel actually, mum and dad really love school. They think it's important. That's the key. Then mental health habits. Well, they're also very simple. You know, sometimes I just get staggered about how many how many you know, children are claim have anxiety and this and that. And you think, do those families actually know how to create mental health in their children? So here's my list. The old saying of a healthy body creates a healthy mind is absolutely true. So the child should be active in sport and hobbies and being outside and interacting with the real world. Tramping, cycling, walking, playing squash, playing games, playing cricket, running in the park, being outside with their friends, playing, and etc. That's what they need. Healthy body, healthy mind. Then it's very important that we all realize that the virtual world is actually quite toxic and addictive. And we need to learn to set limits. And so I propose to you that the adults say at least two-thirds or maybe half of all your interactions with other children need to be real. And so as a parent, you need to take the initiative. You would say um, uh, what you need to do is uh, you need to um, uh, invite them for, to go to the beach, um, invite them for a family dinner, uh, invite them to have pizzas while you're watching TV, uh, allow the children to play together give your children money uh, so they can um, uh, so they can go to the movies with their friends. That is, you want to interact in a real way rather than drag your children out of the bedroom. You need to drag them out of the bedroom and just have uh, online discussions. They're good, but that's not enough. So that's what I would do. And then the next part of mental, that is about friendships and mental health. That's what I would do. But then what I often propose is to have a de develop great mental health habits is A, um, having great meals. Meals are just everything. And so having great breakfast, lunches, dinners, and suppers. Some of your adolescents need to eat four times a day. And go towards colored vegetables, greens, uh, plenty of proteins, but get rid of the soft glycemic um, things like white bread, etc. Go into whole foods and olive oil. And they're fundamentals. You can Google it. What is the fundamental of the healthy diet? But and and reduce your your um uh, your takeaways because they're not that healthy at all. They're just a lot of beef, a lot of fat, a lot of uh, soft bread. They're not. You're setting your child up for diabetes. Don't do that. So that's not very hard. You can just say, well, shall we improve our diet? And the last thing is sleep. 
lack of sleep is the precursor to a significant mental ill health. And so you, I believe that all families should have this rule. One hour before bed, our phones go away. And that should apply to adults as well. But for the children, it's essential. No phones in your bedroom. You do not want your child to have chats at 3 a.m. in the morning. That is just impossible. So get rid of that. Get rid of that screen. Get rid of all electronics of the bedroom and just make it a happy place. Go to bed at the same time. Wake up at the same time. Teenagers go to bed later and they need uh, weekend sleep for not too long. And so the last thing about mental health is if you set the child up with a healthy body, healthy mind, good sleep, good food, well, you're three quarters there, but they will have setbacks like all of us and they need they need to have a counseling approach, the parents. That is, instead of telling them what to do and giving them solutions, you just need to say, well, tell me all about it and, and what happened then and how do you feel about that? And, and, and so what, what are some of your options? So they feel there is somebody they can listen who listens to them because that's how we heal our little traumatic experiences, by somebody loving and listening to us. So you might think, okay, Joseph, that was quite a talk, but what I'm saying, they're the basics, um, but the basics are utterly important. Like they're the basics of a good builder who builds a good house. If he cuts corners, the house won't work. And so that's what I recommend to your parents. And you might have some questions. Thank you, Catherine, for listening. I think um, it's really wise to go back to the basics at a time when everyone has been so disrupted and patterns have been disrupted. Uh, and also our bandwidths have kind of been narrowed, right, to sometimes just getting yeah. through very, very basic mm. things. So very logical to go back and start with square one. What about, and this might be an entire whole session, where some of those routines have been so badly disrupted that you're struggling to get them back on track again? And I'm thinking particularly the kids who've been in and out of school a lot um, and uh, perhaps some disruptions also to the homework or um a lot of the advice that came during lockdowns, which is don't obsess about trying to be the teacher and keep right up to date with the curriculum. What, what, how do we sort of ease ourselves back into more normal routines from a period of such disruption? I, I think it's actually very simple. It's basically a bit like when you're in a car accident, you've got a lot of broken bones and, and you rehabilitate yourself slowly in little bits, a walk to the chair, a walk in the corridor, a walk around the hospital, and then et cetera, et cetera. So start small. Um, take your child to school yourself and, and wish them a wonderful day. Pick them up from school for a while, you know, no matter how old they are. Uh, take, take them in the car and say, and, and so that's and get them to school. And then, and then start small things, like say at school you say, well, let's unpack your bag or talk talk about it. And let's start with five minutes of just tidying your bag. Have it ready and I'll check it. Well done, you're great. And the next day, next week, let's make it 10 minutes. It's a small steps and your mind will tell you what's next, you know. So the ideal is that the children just have a little space at home where they feel good on the dining room table at the room where they do a little bit of school work and they feel affirmed by the parent that is add positive experiences to the small efforts. And then gradually those efforts will increase and the time will increase. So just see it like a um, walking out of the hospital with broken bones and practicing for a marathon in tiny wee bits. That question also of exposure to online and to... Um 
devices. There's there's another real downside of that over the past, you know, two or three years, and that they have been so full of so much bad news and a sort of sense of existential doom. And and again, for those tweens and adolescents, do you really need to help them as they take more control over what they do each day? Just, you know... Um, disconnect literally from the relentless yes. updates of bad news. Yes, yes. Uh, because we are all addicted. Like, I, I, I'm, you know, I follow the war in Ukraine and every time I read it, I feel really sad. And so I have to read less about it. There's nothing I can do. And so the important thing is that doom scrolling is, is a setup of a biofeedback that we feel read bad news and then we try desperately to read it again to catch up to get some good news and and so you want to say to your children you need to limit this it's not good for us it's not good for you and so you need to say you need to learn to cut back on your social news and you need to start practicing healthy mental habits of mind or being gratitude each day for the good things which happen making a list of good things um, focusing on good news can we have some shall we share the dinner table some wonderful thing which happened so cut back on the bad news cut back realize you're in a trap an addictive trap of trying to soothe yourself from your anxiety and and cut back on the bad things and limit it and actually sometimes go go cold turkey like some people go gold turkey for a whole weekend and they never read the news. And it applies to us as well. You know, we, we are besieged by bad news and, uh, and, and so then we get a snippet of good news and that's how addictions start. So we just need to be quite deliberate in helping our children. We almost have to train them, don't we? And, and I've made this observation many times that even during the Second World War, you know, these desperate times we had the Depression, the Second World War, Hiroshima, you know, some of the worst events of the of the 20th century. But you'd only get the news maybe, I don't know, once a day on the radio or would arrive days later by the newspaper. And our, ner- our nervous systems can't distinguish, can they, between what we're reading no. happening in Ukraine and, and, and a physiological response as if we were there. We, we're in all these places at once all day, and we yes. proactively have to separate ourselves from that. It's not irresponsible. Yeah. It's not like anything's going to change. No. It's just no. a management technique that's essential. It's essential, and it's essential to realize that it's actually an addiction. It's as serious as a nicotine addiction or a vaping addiction. It is, it is a self-fulfilling loop, and, and we just need to cut back. For example, you might say, as an adult, I'm only going to read the news after dinner. And during the day, during the morning, during lunchtime, I'm not going to I'm not going to do that. I just switch my phone off. I just use my phone for work. Like one of my sons is very, very amazed. He amazes me with his discipline. He says, Dad, I only use my phone for work. I'm not interested in the news. There's so much bad news. He follows it vaguely. So that's what our children need to learn. We need to... We need to, in some ways, realize that social media has, in fact, been toxified by the profit paradigm to, to make us addicted. And unless we fight back, it will just engulf us. And so we just need to coach our children, this is not good for us. We need to change and replace it with things they really enjoy. He's for a species that I think is designed to have about 150 relationships that we truly are engaged with and care about. Um, We've got a few billion too many, haven't we, <laughs> at the moment? Joseph, thanks yes. very much. Thank yeah. You. Hey, Catherine, was just a, was a privilege talking. Thank you. Joseph Dreesen is uh, an education consultant and parenting coach.